Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Internet world, West Alabama, downtown Northport. How we're doing anywhere and everywhere that you're watching the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Of course, I am Joe Gaither. And you are the viewer. You're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You're watching. Uh, you're listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. Really, anywhere that you get your podcast platforms, you can find the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. We appreciate everybody who's tuning us in today. You can find me, of course, all at Joe Gaither Six on the Twitter machine and Instagram and Facebook, anywhere on the social medias. YouTube at Joe Gaither Six. You can leave me your comments. Your questions, queries, and complaints. We're going to have hopefully a fun Tuesday. I apologize. I jumped on a little bit late today because I was waiting and reading some of the uh, latest developments in the Darius Miles case, the former Alabama forward who is uh, on trial or about to... uh, about to begin a trial for the murder of Jamia Harris, Miss Jamia Harris. And so we'll talk about that today. That's kind of going to be uh, our lead topic for the day because it is the most interesting topic going on right now in Alabama sports world. Before we get into it, we will encourage you guys to go ahead and follow the other Bama Central Broadcasting Network podcast, All Things Bama, with Katie Windham and Austin Hannon. The two of them were over at the Naylor Stone Media Room listening to Roy Dell Williams and several other players this morning. So th- th- those two guys, uh, those two gr- great reporters, make sure you follow their podcast, All Things Bama, and follow them on the social media machines as well. And, of course, we have our friends Blue Collar Unplugged with Matthew Gibson, Blake Byler, and Jacob Pickle, the president of Crimson Chaos, right there, giving you all things Alabama basketball on Blue Collar Unplugged. So we appreciate those guys jumping in and giving us a great content. The three of us together, of course, make up the Bama Central Broadcasting Network, and we appreciate everybody following us at Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated home for your Alabama Crimson Tide. So get all those formalities out of the way, and we'll set up our show today. We're going to talk about Darius Miles and in his case. Uh, so if you don't want legal jargon, you don't want uh, a discussion about a capital murder case, then I understand that 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 is what it is, but it is the most relevant thing, in my opinion, going on in Alabama sports today. We're going to talk about uh, Darius Miles' case. We're going to shift a little bit later into recruiting. Alabama supposed to. Uh, there's a huge commitment coming about five fifty six o'clock tonight. You'll be watching it on the social media machines. You'll be listening and watching it on BamaCentral.com. If you got our notifications on, we'll be putting it out. Uh, if Mr. Edric Houston commits to Alabama, he's uh, the between every major school. It seems like Ohio State has a little bit of a lead. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. I'm going to play a short little clip uh, from NFL Live. NFL Live disparaging our man, Tua Tungavailoa. We're going to talk about that uh, and kind of set expectations for Tua Tungavailoa's season this year. And we'll finish it off with a small Alabama basketball announcement. New opponent jumps on the schedule. We will review the non-conference schedule and get really excited about Alabama basketball as the schedule is starting to take shape. So let's do it. Let's get right into it. Darius Miles is over there uh, just about 
two miles away from me uh, in Tuscaloosa courtrooms, and you can follow great reporters. You've got Nick Kelly from Tuscaloosa News. You've got Stephen Dethridge from Tuscaloosa Thread. You've got Ryan Phillips from Tuscaloosa Pax. The three of those guys really doing a great job uh, covering this case, and that's really where I got a lot of my news and information from the three of those guys. Uh, They're over there. They spent yesterday and this morning. They really just got out about an hour or so ago. They got out about an hour or so ago, so I was waiting to see some of their uh, written pieces, some of the reports, because there's no phones allowed in the courtroom. You got to uh, be, you know, all the electronic devices are to be turned off. So I had to wait on those guys to finish their reporting. What's the bottom line? The bottom line is nothing changed. Nothing changed for Darius Miles. What was the goal? The immunity, the, 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 the goal for Miss Mary Turner and and Darius Miles was to uh, have the judge rule in this immunity case, rule in favor of Darius Miles and self-defense. Essentially, there are, and I am no legal expert, so if you are, you want to chime in on the comments, you can jump in on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and, and jump in and leave us a comment on the show. Uh, but what the way that I understood this, the way that I understood th- this little proceeding over the last two days was Mary Turner was seeking to have the judge rule that her client, Mr. Darius Miles, acted in self-defense, acted in self-defense against uh, Cedric Johnson and uh, Cedric Johnson and others. And unfortunately, Miss Jamia Harris lost her life on that tragic night. And it is tragic. And that should be the main focus here. But we're talking about a court case and what happened over the last two days. What ha- yesterday, Monday, yesterday, we get we get uh, just the preliminary hearings. And it really was, are we going to, what sides, who, who's going to allow what video evidence placed into, uh, in, into the courtroom for this, for this particular case? You heard from Jay Jarrett, the owner and operator of 1225 right there on the strip. You heard from uh, the proprietor at Houndstooth Bar. I'm sorry, I don't have his name. And you've got uh, you've got Publix, uh, their, their manager was on hand talking about the surveillance ca- the surveillance cameras that were, you know, outside their, their establishments and, re- and really just uh, outside their establishments and showing the goings on on the strip that night. Uh, so you had arguments yesterday based on what's going to ge- be admitted into court. And you have body camera uh, evidence that was admitted into court, this, that, and the other. What really ended up happening yesterday was just baby steps. And they decided, oh, we're going to come back tomorrow because w- the defense has subpoenaed some, some witnesses. Uh, defense has subpoenaed uh, Cedric Johnson and subpoenaed this fellow Green. Let me find his name, Mr. Green. Uh, let's see, where was it? I, I had it written down here. Mr. Green, his name is uh, Shabante Green. Excuse me, Shabante Green. He was subpoenaed to testify on Monday and did not show up. Uh, so Shabante Green. Now, uh, Cedric Johnson, he the uh, uh, investigators tried to subpoena him. Uh, it seems like they spent several man hours trying to subpoena him when they came to his house. Uh, he, they were met at the door by a lady who said that she didn't know who Cedric Johnson was and that he didn't live there. Uh, what, what, what's funny about that detail was that lady was apparently Cedric Johnson's mother. Uh, so the case is very, very muddy. The case is very muddy. What did end up happening was Shabante Green showed up in court today. They were supposed to start at 9 a.m. 
They suspended till 930 because Shabate Green was not there yet. And then they got in contact with Mr. Green and Mr. Green said, oh, I'll come to court, but I need a ride. They eventually got the testifying from Mr. Green underway at 1045. 1045, they started over in the in the, uh, in the Tuscaloosa courtroom. Uh, yeah, Tuscaloosa Circuit Circuit Judge Daniel Pruitt is presiding over uh, over the goings on in the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse over there. So, you've got Mr. Green. Oh, thank you very much. You have. I, I need a haircut, Mr. Gaither. I need a haircut. Thank you so much. Uh, and I need a haircut, and I need a little dab of makeup right here on the zit on my on my face. Uh, but what you what you've got going on is Mr. Green was essentially uh, allegedly a member of the West Side Money Gang, a Birmingham gang. Uh, and Shabate Green indicated that he and Cedric Johnson are no longer a part of that gang. Uh, they kind of, I guess, have moved on from the gang life. I'm not real sure about that. But Mr. Green basically clarified some of his story. He admitted that he previously told police that he was only with Johnson and two other ladies, uh, but he was actually with with two other guys identified as Jack and Kavion. Uh, unfortunately, Kavion is now uh, apparently passed away. Is apparently dead. Jack was caught on video camera, UAPD, talking about natural law, uh, talking uh, after the event, after the death of Miss Jamia Harris, that he and others, he was ob obviously uh, right there caught on a UAPD uh, body camera, that he and others would hunt down Michael Davis, and that if he knew what was good for him, he would go ahead and commit suicide before the gang got a hold of him. So you've got... Shibante Green on the side of Cedric Johnson. And basically what you've heard of is, you know, what you've heard is a lot of what you've heard already. If you followed this case, you've heard, you know, depending on what side you're on or, or, or how much you've dug into the truth, it seems like obviously Darius Miles and Michael Davis were in altercations with Cedric Johnson and Shibante Green, uh, Jack and Kavion inside or right around 1225. Now, our man Jay Jarrett yesterday from 1225 confirmed that, you know, through camera footage, he released camera footage to the prosecutors and to, to the investigators that the parties never really had too much interaction inside the club, 1225. It seemed like an after the club shut down situation. Obviously, the shooting went down about 150 or so in the morning, which is right around closing time. Uh, but Jay Jarrett saying that the parties never really were involved with one another inside 1225. So you've got this, he said, she said, BS, hooey. And really, all we want here is to get down to the truth. And all we want here, I mean, it, look, obviously, we're a little bit biased on the Darius Miles side of things, being the former Alabama basketball player. But all we want really is truth and justice for Miss Jamia Harris. Um, and, and so... What ended up the bottom line happening is uh, the new evidence, the, the story that Shivante Green told this morning in, in Tuscaloosa County Court really provided more context to the story and, and, and really more details from the side of the defense. Uh, well, from, from the side of the prosecution. Uh, Turner's argument seems to be that Jack, that Johnson, Green, Jack, and Kavion were all working together uh, to emit harm for Michael Davis. At least two of them were armed and that Davis acted in self-defense when he fired Darius Miles' gun at them. The argument, though, largely depends on cooperation from Green and Johnson, which has not come very easily. Green had be forced to court on two 
Tuesday, and investigators can't even find Johnson to serve him his subpoena. Since he hasn't been served, Judge Pruitt said he's not able to write a writ for his arrest and force his participation in the hearing. As long as Cedric Johnson is in the wind, it's going to be hard to determine who shot first, basically. Um, and, and so Cedric Johnson, his whole tactic, I guess, is to stay in the wind, even though this is the mother of his son who was shot and killed. Uh, it really, uh, without Johnson's testimony, this is from straight from Tuscaloosa thread, my man Stephen Dethridge. Without Johnson's testimony and with Green allegedly changing his story about whether Jack was armed or not, Turner uh, needs more time to prepare her self-defense case. So what ended up happening in the courtroom today is uh, Judge Pruitt basically put us on recess, put us on another suspense. Uh, he said that he, they would uh, reconvene at a later date. They didn't name a date, but said it would be at least a month, at least a month before you re the, the guys reconvene in, in the Tuscaloosa County courtroom. And so uh, for Darius Miles, that means at least another month in, in, in jail, in, in holding until uh, – and, and, and really – the immunity hearing, the way that I understand this, is a, is a chance for the judge to rule in self in favor of self defense or not. And if the judge rules in uh, in favor of self defense, obviously that's for uh, that is in favor of Darius Miles. And he, uh, the way that I understand this is that he will be released on that judgment of self defense. But if he is not granted that self defense distinction by the judge, it will go on to a jury trial where they will review more evidence and basically hold a traditional jury trial in the Darius Miles case. Uh, so now we think about the other uh, the other perpetrator in the in the case, Mr. Michael Davis. Obviously, Buzz uh, was his nickname and not affiliated with the Alabama basketball program, but lifelong friends with Darius Miles. Think back to really the goings on from the, from that evening or that those couple of weeks. Darius Miles had stepped away from the basketball team, uh, dealing with an ankle injury and mental health uh, mental health issues as well. He comes back to the team. Uh, NATO basically releases that he's going to miss the rest of the year with his ankle injury, but we want him back on the team on that same weekend. Boom, everything kind of goes down, and you guys are all, all familiar with all the fallout that's happened since then. So where we are in Tuscaloosa, we have a, at least another month's hiatus. At least another month's hiatus. It's nice to see Shivante Green actually show up in, in court and testify. Uh, there's reports out there that he was a pretty combative witness and not really overly cooperative. Uh, when asked what Cedric Johnson was wearing uh, that night, his response was, clothes. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, we're all wearing clothes. We hope you're wearing clothes. Uh, it sounds like he was not really in a mood to elaborate and expound on any of his answers. Uh, so you're just going to have to take it for what it is. Mary Turner is going back to the drawing board. Spend, she's going to get another month to prepare for their next hearing. Uh, and maybe the judge will rule in favor of Darius Miles. Now, you ask about Michael Davis. Michael Davis has hired a different set of attorneys, different set of lawyers. So his case is progressing at a different rate uh, and unfortunately for him is not receiving near as much publicity due to the fact that he wasn't an Alabama basketball player. He was just the friend who happened to be, ugh, happened to be the trigger man, happened to be the trigger man. So with all that being said, 
With all that being said, we want to say uh, once again that obviously our thoughts are with Miss Jamia Harris. She is the uh, the ultimate victim, and and her son, who lost a mother, is the uh, is the ultimate victim here in this case. We only want the truth. We only want I, I only want the truth. Of course, I have a favorable opinion of Darius Miles. I do. But I, you're only looking for the truth here now. If Darius Miles and his buddy Michael um, Michael Davis are the guilty parties, then you know what? Tough, tough stuff, you know, and, and they're going to have to pay for the consequences. Capital murder shooting into a vehicle is a capital crime and that it will come with a very heavy punishment, a very difficult punishment. But I am only after the truth here in every, really in every story. Uh, I'm hopeful that the truth reveals uh, self-defense for Darius Miles and Michael Davis, just because I think that that is what has happened. Now, if I have further information or further details, maybe my mind will be will, will, will be changed. But for the moment, with Cedric with Cedric Johnson in the wind, not willing to testify, not trying to find, you know, come on, like. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to try to put myself in in their shoes. If that was my girlfriend slash baby mama, I want justice for her, and I'm going to tell everybody what happened or my side of the story. For him to kind of just conceal his side of the story, and for his buddy Shabante Green to be ignoring subpoenas, and you know we were in gangs, we weren't in gangs. Oh, there was actually four guys, not two guys there. Uh, You're starting to get into muddy waters where the story goes. So. Uh, caution everybody to keep holding out, to keep holding out because the story is not officially, you know, written in stone. I think you need to keep your open mind to what could and could not be and, and prepare yourselves in a month. We will hear more details. We'll hear more details. The judge will have a chance to rule whether he's ruling in favor of Darius Miles or not. Uh, obviously, the, the circuit judge, Judge uh, Judge Daniel Pruitt, is, is, is going to, I mean, try to be as objective as possible and stick to what he finds in the evidence. So we, I really appreciate uh, guys, Steve, guys like Stephen Dethridge, guys like Nick Kelly and Ryan Phillips hanging out with uh, hanging out in the courtroom for people like me who cannot handle <laughs> legal mumbo jumbo. You can follow them at Tuscaloosa Thread, Tuscaloosa News, and Tuscaloosa Pats. Those guys are writing uh, their fingers off right now to give you details of what happened in the Tuscaloosa courtroom this morning, county court county courtroom this morning uh, with the latest on the Darius Miles case. So really the bottom line, if you don't hear anything else, the bottom line is nothing really was decided. Nothing was decided. Cedric Johnson still has not been subpoenaed. That's really kind of a disappointing turn for me. Yes, uh, Shabante Green was subpoenaed. He did put in. Uh, he did put in. It sounds like a pretty lengthy testimony today, but it all further complicates things. And Miss Mary Turner is going to get another month to prepare, to prepare and decide. You know, to prepare and build her case, the self defense case. So. We'll stick with it right here on BamaCentral.com. Obviously, the case, we will stick with the case until it's concluded. No matter its conclusion, we'll be covering it as objectively as we can here at BamaCentral.com. And again, bottom line is we're only seeking the truth. And bottom line is we really need to keep the focus, in my opinion, on Miss Jamia Harris, uh, her passing, and her young son, who now has, who doesn't have a mother. I mean, that, that's the most tragic part of the case, and mo- it really should be the focus, uh, the focus of all of our of our thoughts and prayers. All right, so we get the serious stuff out of the way. We get the serious stuff out of the way, uh, just because I think it is the most important part of what's going on today. We can talk football if you want to. Drop a comment if you want to talk Alabama football, and, and we can pivot onto any of your conversations that you want to build. I want to talk next about Edric Houston. 
Edric Houston, if you guys are not following recruiting, that is A-OK. That's my job, so that's what I'm doing for you guys. If you're not following recruiting, ain't no problem. Mr. Edric Houston is a five-star defensive lineman, defensive end, kind of tweener uh, prospect out of Buford High School. You guys all know Buford High School has been good to Alabama. Isaiah Bond, Jay Pope, you've got Justice Haynes, three guys right now on the roster from Buford High School. But Buford, obviously a Georgia powerhouse, they have three major prospects on their team right now this year uh, as 2024s. Three five-stars. I mean, how do you have three five-stars on the same high school team? Massive, massive, massive uh, <laughs> powerhouse over there in Georgia. You guys all know... K.J. Bolden. K.J. Bolden, what, three, two, three weeks ago, committed to Florida State. Good job, Mike Norvell. You, you got yourself a win. Uh, committed to Florida State. Honestly, not that upset, in my opinion, because at least he didn't commit to Georgia or Ohio State. It was really between Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, Auburn, and Alabama, those five, and he ultimately ended up with Florida State. Really, I think probably the lowest impact decision on Alabama that he could have made. All right, Alabama pivots and goes out and flips Peyton Woodyard and Red Morgan into the class at the safety position and, and secures Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. over the weekend. We haven't even talked about Drake Kirk Jr. committing over the weekend. What a masterful uh, fake out that he did. If you haven't seen the fake out, you can read it right there on BamaCentral.com. It was between Alabama and Missouri, and I'm sitting there watching the presentation, and he goes, all the way into putting the Missouri shirt on and putting the, the Missouri hat on. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, Alabama missed out on the legacy. And he throws off the Missouri hat and throws off the Missouri shirt and grabs his daddy's jersey. Oh, be still my beating heart. Grabs his daddy's 21 Alabama jersey and puts on the Alabama hat. Uh, <laughs> and really, uh, I really uh, enjoyed his fake out, uh, really, as a people. I'm sure if you're a Missouri fan, you didn't enjoy that fake out because you thought for a second you got your prospect. Oh, but ultimately he ends up with Alabama. So it spins it back. We're talking about Buford High School. Buford get, got themselves a quarterback this year in Dylan Rayola. If you are living under a rock, Dylan Rayola is the number one, number two quarterback, depending on whatever service you're looking at, uh, hanging out right there with Julian Sayan as the top quarterback in the class. Uh, Dylan Rayola is transferred around the country, but finally lands in Buford, Georgia. And so, boom, Dylan Rayo is going to go, it's committed to Georgia, he's going to Georgia. So that's two of the three five stars on Buford's roster out of, in, in the 2024 class. Buford, a powerhouse. So one more left, one more left. Edric Houston, one more guy, one more guy out there for Alabama to secure. You've missed out on uh, K.J. Bolden, that kind of stings. You weren't really ever in on Dylan Rayola because you pretty much went all in on Julian Sayan. So not really a big loss there. I think Julian Sayan is going to be a hell of a prospect once he comes to Alabama. So you got to go get Edric Houston right now. You look at the Alabama defensive line class, and you see Isaiah Faga. It's Faga, not Faga. I had uh, Coach Patrick Nix give me a correction on that. It's Faga. Isaiah Faga out of Central Phoenix City. And you've got Jeremiah Beeman right there out of Birmingham, Parker High School. So you've got two defensive linemen already in the class right there in, from the state of Alabama. And, of course, you're excited about what you see in Jeremiah Beeman. I see him on social media working his tail off. And, you obviously, you, I'm pulling for Parker to have a nice little season. And Jeremiah Beeman to, you know, lead the, lead the Parker Rams. I believe the Parker Rams to a nice season. 
And then, of course, Isaiah Faga, he's teamed up with Red Morgan. Both those guys committed in the 2024 class. Both those guys are going to try to lead Central Phoenix City, the Red Devils, into Class 7A glory. Uh, so, so great. Okay, you see a project in Isaiah Faga with a lot of skill sets, maybe an underrated prospect. I think he's still rated as a three-star prospect. Probably hasn't been as exposed to camps as much as, you know, as much as the other prospects. But Hedrick Houston becomes... A massive get today. 5.50 p.m. You're going to be able to watch it on 24-7 Sports' YouTube channel. Edric Houston is committing. And really, if you're following the Houston buzz, he hasn't really put out a whole lot. You know, no, no, Didn't really take any visits in July. He took four, uh, I think he took four official visits in June. My man's is choosing between Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, USC, and I got one more. What did, wasn't it? It wasn't one more in the mix. Let me double check here. Uh, Edric Houston. You can check him out on the Instagram machine. That's where I'm getting my news right here for Edric Houston. His account is Edric Houston Zero. Uh, and then he, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. His 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 five are this: uh, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and USC. I was leaving out Clemson right there. That was a mistake. So he's looking at all five of those schools, and it seems like. Ohio State is in your lead. Uh, and now that, that makes me upset just from an Alabama standpoint, a little bit, but he's right there in Buford. Whoever he chooses today, this guy is going to, this guy's a major prospect. He's a five star prospect. You look at the composite, he's ranked 23rd nationally in the class. He's ranked as the fourth best defensive lineman in the class and the sixth best prospect in the state of Georgia. Golly, the state of Georgia is just rolling out talent all over the place. Uh, like, obviously, we love our Alabama football, but goodness gracious, you want to go play some some high level high school football? The state of Georgia, <laughs> they are. <laughs> it's tough over there. So, Edric Houston, the sixth best prospect in the state of Georgia. It seems like it's going to be at Ohio State tonight. I want to prepare anybody who's getting ready for that. Don't get your hopes up too high, but I think it's basically Ohio State. Georgia or Ohio State, Alabama, and then Georgia in that order. But he's kind of played his cards close to the vest. And, you know, you all know Nick Saban, the ultimate closer. At this point, I'm going to have an article ready, ready to go for him committing to, to, to Alabama tonight. If he commits to Ohio State, I won't be that overly surprised. But I think that there's still a really good chance that he commits to Alabama and really pushes this class up into uh, the top three. Alabama currently sitting with the number four overall class in the uh, in the 2024 cycle. But you look through the rest of the class. You, you look through Georgia, Ohio State, Florida. Look, Georgia. Let's play with the let's play with the cat the class calculator. All right, so Alabama right now, the class calculator has them at 275, and the next one is Florida at 283. Let's play with the class calculator live on the program and see how high up Edric Houston, his addition would be. His addition, you add Edric Houston to the class, boom, you make, him, you make Alabama at 285. So they would jump Florida. They would jump Florida for the number three class, uh, and they'd be right behind Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia, obviously, with the number one overall class right now. Oh, man, Kirby Smart and his recruiting machine. They're still rocking and rolling with a big old 313 for their points. So, really, you're trying to sneak into the Ohio State-Georgia realm. Edric Houston would give you 19 commits on the class. Look, Alabama's going to probably take – 
24, 27, somewhere right in that range. So you still have seven or eight guys, seven or eight spots that Alabama can add to. I think that uh, you're really looking forward to trying to snag Edric Houston tonight. And even if he doesn't commit to Alabama, if he doesn't commit to Alabama, Edric Houston's recruitment is going to go all the way to December. What's the December signing date? I think it's probably going to be December 18, somewhere around there, December 20, somewhere around there. Uh, you're going to stretch this. This recruitment is going to go all the way to the end of December or till, to the de- December signing date. And ideally, Alabama, you know, even if you don't get good news tonight, I would caution Alabama fans, don't jump off the bridge yet. I still think they are going to be in on Edric Houston throughout the entirety of the fall until until Penn gets signed to paper. And so that's what you're going to be looking for tonight. 5.50. 5.50 on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. You can watch Edric Houston or just keep your alerts on to BamaCentral.com. As soon as he puts on, if he puts on an Alabama hat, we will have an article out right there for you. If he doesn't put on an Alabama hat, I'll throw my article in the trash and I'll and I'll go cry in the corner and say, you know, what's wrong with us, Alabama, roll tide, boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow you're going to have a, a Daniel Hill. Daniel Hill, Mississippi running back, is going to be committing. And he's between really three schools, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Alabama. I think that his family is really pushing him to stay in the SEC West. His father is a Mississippi State alum. Mississippi State graduate uh, played with, with the Bulldogs, and I think his family wants him to stay close to home. So Alabama or Mississippi State are kind of what what's pushing uh, or kind of who's being pushed from the family perspective. Uh, but it seems like Shane Beamer's doing a real good job, and South Carolina is in the lead for Daniel Hill, four-star running back out of I think it's Meridian, Mississippi. I'll correct that tomorrow for tomorrow's program as we get ready for his commitment. So two big commitments coming up today and tomorrow. Edric Houston, five-star defensive lineman, and Daniel Hill, four-star running back. I think Alabama is sitting right there in good positions for both, not in the lead for both, but you never know what's going to happen during at commitment time when you get the hat put on, you know, different things happen, and you never know. I think Alabama's got a good shot at getting both those guys, so stick with us on BamaCentral.com as we pay attention to both those commitments coming up later in the day and then tomorrow. Let's flip it to NFL topic real quick. Let's flip to NFL, and I want to talk about Tua Tungavailoa, who had a meh preseason game this past week. I want to play a clip from NFL Live. Tua Tungavailoa, the uh, getting getting the brunt, getting the subject of. Some, maybe some out-of-bounds comments. I'm sorry. I find these comments a little out-of-bounds from Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark's been doing that a lot lately, uh, really saying some mm, outlandish things. I guess Ryan Clark is taking on the Kendrick Perkins role uh, from the NBA Live to NFL Live. Uh, but this is this is Ryan Clark talking about our man Tua Tungvaloa. And you let me know. You let me know. Are these comments out-of-bounds? Are these comments fair for Tua Tungvaloa? You can find it on the comments, of course, at Joe Gaither 6 on all of the social media machines. This is Ryan Clark from NFL. Alive. Hey, five for seven, 61 yards, and an interception. So, a rocky start to the game for Tua right there. Our team even got them tats. Yeah, he did. He did. Said, full okay, sleeve. Y'all, full y'all sleeve. think I because uh, I've been hurt, I ain't tough. I'm going to tell you, gonna tell you what he tatted. wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. <laughs> wow. I bet you that. Come on. He, he, he wasn't with me. He, <laughs> he might have spent a lot of time at the tattoo parlor. He was not at the dinner oh. table eating what the nutritionist had advised. Oh, my. Hmm. God. He looks happy. Okay. He is thick. He's thick. Yeah, thick. he's built like a uh, girl work at Onyx in Atlanta right now on the bottom. 
<laughs> Come on now. Uh, get to the show. I'm sorry. I'd love to ask you. All right. So if you didn't catch it, Ryan Clark basically said that Tua Tagovailoa is fat. Said that he's out of shape. Said, oh, he wasn't in the gym. Ah, uh, I mean, yes, he does look like he's put on some some weight. I'll, I will admit that. He, you look at all his offseason photos, he looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. But haven't isn't that been the biggest concern for Tua? Are we worried about his health? Are we worried about him staying healthy throughout a 16-game season? You watch him. You watch him play. And obviously, I mean, his he throws for, what, 3,500 yards last year. He throws 25 touchdowns and eight interceptions. But he only plays, of course, 13 games. He misses four games with concussion. He misses games with a thumb. He misses games, you know, head injuries. The biggest thing with Tua has been health. And so what, Ryan Clark, if he puts on a couple of pounds? Uh, and, and for him to say, oh, he's ignoring the uh, he's ignoring the dietitian. He's not going to the gym. Ryan, you're just shooting from the hip, my man. You're shooting from the hip. You're unloading unfairly. And then to say he looks like he looks like one of those girls at Onyx in Atlanta. I'm sorry, y'all probably had to explain that to Dan Orlovsky what that means, and I'll explain that to you. Onyx is, uh, you know, it's gentlemen's club in Atlanta, and you know, you get the thicker ladies out there, and obviously that's 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 uh, what a lot of people prefer, and no problem with that. But goodness gracious, disrespect! The disrespect thrown at Tua is a little bit unwarranted. I'm sorry, Ryan Clark. Even if you don't think he's a good quarterback, or even if you think he's injury prone. That's fine. That's that is an okay perspective. I disagree with those perspectives, but I think that goodness gracious, how unfair! You're just going to throw a pot shot. Oh, he's fat. He, what? Uh, you throw on his you throw on his his, his uh, summer tape and you throw on yes, exactly, Tyler White, my man. Ryan Clark said uh, George Pickens is more talented than Jordan Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson. Excuse me, Justin Jefferson. And so, what the bleep? Like, okay. Yes, Ryan, when he was pressed on that, he said, oh, we're always talking talent, not production. And I see a lot of talent in George Pickens, of course, a lot of talent. I think he's, I mean, I think he's going to have a nice year for the Steelers. But come on, Justin Jefferson is one of the top three receivers in the league. And George Pickens hasn't proved anything. So Ryan Clark, I think he's really just ripping a playbook out of the Kendrick Perkins playbook and just saying stuff. Just saying stuff to stay in the headlines, to keep his name out there. Uh, he said, oh, also, watch out. He said uh, Keishon Boutte is, is probably going to be a top receiver, uh, a top receiver this year for the Patriots. He might be, but goodness gracious, like, he might be. It might be just because the Patriots don't have any wide receivers. But goodness gracious, Ryan Clark, what are you doing just talking a bunch of mess, just spewing you know, hot air out of, out of your lungs? I'm sorry. To his expectations this year – you got to stay healthy. Oh, my gosh, man. You have to stay healthy. Put all this stuff to bed. You get the tattoo, of, as obviously uh, Marcus Spears is joking about right there. And, of course, he, you know, the tattoo looks nice. He said it's a symbol, symbol and an ode to his family, a symbol for his son, you know, a symbol for strength and family. Come on, let's see it. You've taken the judo classes this year, th this past summer. You know how to fall. You, you, you know, you practice rolling instead of falling straight on your head. Whatever, the, whatever that really means. Well, you've got to show it this year, Tua. You've got to show it. You got to take the Dolphins to the playoffs this year. I think this is your, this is this is your year. Yes, the Dolphins picked up his fifth year option, so I guess technically he's under contract for two more seasons, regardless of how he plays this year. But. Tua, this is make or break time. 
for Tua Tungawalo. You look at the AFC East, and the AFC East looks kind of brutal for me. You look for the Dolphins, the Jets, you look at the Bills, and I guess the Patriots. I think the Patriots, you're looking at, ugh, you guys all know that I'm not really a big Mac Jones fan. I think the Patriots are probably going to be the fourth team in the AFC East. But that being said, they're not going to be bad. They're not going to be a bad team. You're, you're obviously going to be well coached under Bill Belichick, and Mac's going to be serviceable at best. He'll be all right. Okay, he'll be okay. They just don't have a whole lot of weapons out there for, to, to to help Mac Jones. They were what they signed Ezekiel Elliott, and what what's he got left in the tank? That's that remains to be seen. There's just not a whole lot of real skill uh, to 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 de- depend on. Tyler White chiming in from uh, from the comment section. I think Boutte is very talented, but dude might not make the roster. All American slacker from one of her exactly. He never really wanted to play in college because oh I'm not getting paid and I, you know the old uh, the the old Cardell Jones line we, we we didn't come here to play school he was never really about the system and development and discipline in college I guess that's I've heard that that's improved since he's uh on the Patriots roster and I guess it's like you better improve that aspect but the Patriots don't have a lot of whole lot of weapons so you think about the AFC East. What are you really looking at? Obviously, the Bills walk into the division as the prohibitive favorites, didn't they? Haven't they won the last two in a row? And the Jets feel great about their their offseason moves. I kind of think they're going to blow up in their face because they're the Jets and they don't really have a great offensive line. Uh, but you never know. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers magic might be enough to, to take the Jets to, up to the next level. It's right now or never for the Dolphins. You've got to get into a running game. You brought in a lot. Uh, you brought in a bunch of running backs. You obviously know what you have in the wide receiver position uh, in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. It's two is time right now. So, Ryan Clark, look, I only wanted to play that clip so I could rip on you just a little bit for going out of bounds, talking about Tua's health or talking about Tua's body shape. I think it's very um, – I think it's very disingenuous to, to, to say that Tua Tungle by Loa is fat, that he's out of shape. I don't think that at all. I think that, yeah, he definitely put on some weight this offseason, but he's that's been a three-year process. He's put on weight basically every offseason. I don't think it shows a lack of dedication to the craft. I think he and his wife and his trainers and really everybody in the Tua camp said, hey, man, every year you're getting hurt, so why don't we go another five pounds? Why don't we go another 10 pounds? And I think that obviously he's trying to take care of his body as best he can. We try the judo out. Hopefully that's going to be effective this year. Just unfair, out-of-bounds comment by Ryan Clark on NFL Live. I think he's really uh, playing kind of the wild-card role on that show. Uh, And so you give him, I guess, maybe a little bit of a pass because that's the role he's trying to fill. He's trying to be the funny guy. He's trying to give people things to talk about. And look at me. I got suckered into talking about his comments. So good job, Ryan Clark. You got me suckered in, and you're keeping your name in the headlines by making fun of Tua Tagovailoa. So with with all that being said, we, we probably shouldn't move on, but before we predict what's going on in the AFC East. Oh, gosh, I haven't put that much thought into it, but I guess I'm going to go. Look, the Dolphins, I think they should win the division. They should, but I don't believe in them. I just don't believe that they're going to last all, you know, I don't believe in their consistency and performance, as Nick Saban would say. So I guess I will say, yeah. I guess I will say the Jets are going to win the division. I feel like the, it'll go Jets, Dolphins, Bills, then uh, then Patriots in that order. Uh, and who knows what what, what it'll be. 
uh, NFL football starts in 19 days. We'll get week number one underway in 19 days. Finns take it if they get Taylor. They're not going to get Taylor. Taylor White. He, you look at uh, you look at everything that's going on with Jonathan Taylor. If you haven't seen the news over the last 24 hours, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor has been granted permission to seek a trade. But Jim Irsay says, "Oh, we want a first round draft pick, or we want the equivalent of a first round draft pick in the accumulation of picks." I'm sorry, what? Jim Irsay, you say, oh, we're not going to, you're not valuable enough to be paid. You're not valuable enough to be paid long term, but you're valuable enough to ask for a first round draft pick. They're delusional in Colts land. He's not going to get moved. He's going to be basically a disgruntled running back all season long. Maybe he'll play, but uh, I kind of see it more likely that he sits out uh, for the Colts in, in, until they kind of move on from one another. CJ Watson chiming in on the comments section as well. Hope you're having a great day, CJ. Thanks so much for watching us today. You can uh, appreciate, appreciate your comment as well. Let's talk about Bama basketball as we're getting out of here for the day, as we're done almost on the program today. Bama basketball, a little bit of tidbits of news, signs a contract or uh, makes an agreement with Arkansas State to jump on the, uh, to put the Red Wolves onto the schedule. If you haven't seen uh, what's going on with Arkansas State or don't know what's going on with Arkansas State, they recently hired a new head coach. Who? Brian Hudson. Oh, yeah. The former Alabama assistant coach. So you have all three assistants last year uh, jump to new head coaching jobs. And Brian Hodgson lands. Uh, Brian Hodgson lands with uh, Arkansas State. And so uh, Brian Hodgson tweets out one thing that I've learned from Nate Oates is to schedule tough. So we are excited to have Alabama on the schedule. And so let's talk about really the schedule's almost. Almost done. Almost locked in. You look through uh, the the non-conference schedule. Obviously, the conference schedule is done. You can kind of look up those dates on your own. But the non-conference schedule is pretty much there. November 6th, you're opening with Moorhead State. Then you're playing Indiana State, South Alabama, Mercer. Four home games to get you rolling in the month of November. Then you're going to Florida to play Ohio State, and then you're either going to play uh, Santa Clara or Oregon in that second game, uh, November 24th and 5th over Thanksgiving. You're going to take on Clemson in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Not something I'm super excited about, but it'll be another game right there in the airplane hangar. And then you're bringing in Brian Hodgson on uh, December 4th, Arkansas State. And obviously, Arkansas State had their own troubles last year. But Brian Hodgson is going to throw the kitchen sink at you. And then you really get the, get the non-conference season ramped up. Uh, December 9th, you're going to Toronto to play Zach Eady and the Purdue Boilermakers. That's going to be an all-out battle. And you're going on the road to Creighton, lifelong rival, the Creighton Blue Jays. Ugh. Ugh. That's going to be... Whether Creighton's real good or not, that's going to be a knockdown, dragout game. One that I am uh, not looking forward to, based on you know the history of that rivalry. Uh, gosh, Trevor Relaford was fouled. Trevor Relaford was fouled, and I'll go to my grave saying that against Creighton in what the 2010 NCAA championships. Uh, then you're going out to Arizona for another another uh, big game. You're playing Arizona in Phoenix at the Footprint Center. Uh, so that'll be fun, December 20th, and right now the final non-conference game listed on our schedule is December 30th against Liberty, the CM Newton Classic. There might be another game or two uh, added, but really it looks like the schedule's done from my amateur per amateur perspective. And while your first four games are not necessarily 
the most challenging games, you still have a lot of neutral floor games that will test and push you uh, through the early part of the season and get you ready for conference action. And look, you guys all know Nate Oates' philosophy over the last several years, challenge yourselves in non-conference, get yourselves ready for the SEC season. Even if you don't win them all in non-conference, even if you have you know a subpar record, whatever it takes to get you ready for the SEC season. And look, you know Alabama's basketball history. You've been left out of you've been left out of the NCAA tournament on years where you have scheduled easy on the non-conference schedule. Ever since Nate Oates has been here, we're going hard on the non-conference schedule. We're testing ourselves with you know as good a competition as we can bring into Tuscaloosa or as good a competition that will invite us to their places, whether it be a neutral site game or not. We want to be tested for the SEC season. And look, I saw John Rothstein put out his predictions for the SEC season, putting Alabama at 7th. Okay, you let, let let just sleep on us, Rothstein. I know that obviously you lost Brandon Miller, and you're not looking at very many lottery picks on this roster. Just keep sleeping on us. I'm really excited about what this roster will be, uh, and, and I think that really come November the sixth, is that right? November the sixth against Morehead State, Alabama is going to put a great product on the floor under head coach Nate Oates. I've reached out to several people in the Alabama basketball facility. Hopefully we'll get some uh, some basketball guests on the program in the future. Uh, look, what we're going to do for the rest of the week, I'm still, we're trying to get a time to, we're trying to get a time locked in for Jay McPhillips, the executive director for Yay Alabama. He's going to join me to clear up some of the things that I got wrong on Friday's program. He's going to join us. Yeah, exactly, Tyler White. Nate Goats is not finishing seventh. I mean, come on, that's an absurd take. That is is a, I mean, John Rothstein is one of the smartest minds in college basketball, but that is a disrespectful take to the to really what Nate Oates has been building already through uh, th- through the first four years of his tenure. I think at this point, you can pretty much book Alabama a top four seed in the SEC tournament and lock us into the, somewhere in the NCAA tournament. We're gonna be we're gonna put a competitive product on the floor. Uh, seventh is just ugh, absurdly disrespectful. We're going to get Jay McPhillips onto the program, executive director of Yay Alabama. He's going to join us sometime this week. I believe he's going to let me know when he's available for a phone call. Very, very busy man trying to build Yay Alabama and build their brand. We've talked to the Carrollton High School uh, media director about getting Caleb Odom and Zakai Hilton onto the show. Those two guys are obviously the two Carrollton Trojans committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Caleb Odom, a 2024. Zakai Hilton, a 2026. Uh, if you haven't seen their their news 2026 uh, Julian Lewis quarterback committed to USC today that was one of Alabama's big big, uh, big targets in the 2026 class way too early to worry about that right now because come on we got two more years to recruit the kids uh, but that is what the, what the latest what uh, on Julian Lewis he committed to USC today so we're, we're trying to get up with the two Carrollton Trojans I think that you know, we made some positive progress and then next Monday, Next Monday, I'm going to be joined by Eric Anders. Eric Anders, a former Alabama Crimson Tide linebacker, UFC superstar. Really excited to bring him on the show. He's going to be one of the honorary captains for the MTSU matchup. Uh, really excited to to welcome him on the show. And then on Tuesday, we'll be talking to Sam Doughton. Sam Doughton is a staff writer for MTSU Athletics. So we're going to get an inside look at the Blue Raiders next Tuesday, what they're bringing to Bryant-Denny Stadium. And I'm going to try to do that each and every game week, try to bring on a beat writer or a reporter for their respective opponents. So I'm started, starting to look for a Texas reporter to join me for the next week. But that's kind of what's setting us up for the next couple of days. We'll, we'll try to get uh, – we'll try to 
get McPhillips. We'll try to get Jay McPhillips on this week from Yay, Alabama. We'll try to get Caleb Odom on and Zakai Hilton on this week from Carrollton High School. And then next week, we will, uh, we're locked in already with Eric Anders on Monday. We're locked in with Sam Doughton from MTSU's staff writing, uh, MTSU staff writer Sam Doughton uh, next Tuesday. So that's going to be kind of the next couple of days on the program. I appreciate everybody who's jumped in and joined us. You're watching us on Bama Central's YouTube channel. You're watching it on my YouTube channel, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, not Instagram, sorry, on Facebook and on Twitter as well. You can find me at Joe Gaither 6. The social media machines, of course, anywhere right there at Joe Gaither 6. Shoot me a comment, a friend request, uh, a follow, whatever you want to do as A-OK. We appreciate everybody watching us and listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, and on Amazon. Remember to check out our other Bama Central broadcast. Broadcasting Network Podcast, Blue Collar Unplugged, and all things balanced. So for you, the listener, I love you so much. Thank you so much to my commenters, my man James, my, my, my friend Tyler White, and CJ Watson jumping in on the comment section. Go tell a friend about the program. Like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.